This is episode one of Blow Up, the creator podcast. It's the show with and for social media creators. A podcast about elevating your platform, growing your income, and designing a life that you actually love. We're your hosts. Anna Bain. And I'm Jordan Hovater. And we really can't believe that this is our first episode. And we're so excited to take all of you along on the journey with us. So I guess we should just get right to it and introduce our first guest ever. You may recognize him from a little reality TV show called The Bachelor. Or by his nickname, Pilot Pete. It's Peter Weber. (laughs) And in this episode, we're going to chat about his crazy fast rise to fame, how to have a mentally and emotionally healthy relationship with social media, how to live with other creators, and more. So sit back and enjoy our conversation with Peter Weber or Pilot Pete, as you are affectionately known. Thank you for joining the podcast today. How are you? I am good, guys. Thank you uh, so much for having me. Had a great time uh, with Embassy on our first trip we did there. So thought you guys got this uh, podcast up and running and uh, excited to be here. We are very honored to have you as our first, first guest, guest ever. It's a big deal. Man, so yeah, no, thanks for no being pressure. here. pressure. All right. I know. And hopefully there's more trips where that came from honored. too. I am absolutely honored. Yeah, we hope to see you yes, again soon sure. on another trip, hopefully. Name your island and we'll try to make it happen. You said Ireland? I said, name your island and we'll try to make oh, it name happen. name my island. But that is an island, so if you want to go there, yes, let me know. This, this is this is true. No, uh, Belize was was unreal. That was a really, really special trip. ton of great memories and uh, just a great group of people. So, yeah, I'm definitely down for uh, the next trip. Just let me know. Well, let's make it happen. So, for our audience, Pete, uh, you probably don't need much of an introduction, but just catch us up on you and your life. So, who is Peter Weber? Where did you come from and how did you get to where you are today? Yeah. Um, so I am an airline pilot. I fly for uh, United Airlines, fly the uh, Boeing 787 and uh, been flying for, uh, let's see, about 11 years now, a couple airlines before getting to uh, to United and uh, travel, you know, travel is my passion. Um, I love it more than anything. It makes me feel, you know, more alive um, than really anything else I can do um, in my life. And obviously I chose a profession that allows me to do just that. You know, it's been super cool. Uh, a lot of opportunities from uh, the show, The Bachelor, um, you know, opening a lot of doors as well to, uh, you know, you know, opening a door to connect with you guys um, and uh, and do some cool trips and, and get some great content, meet some great people. I've been very fortunate uh, just with kind of, the you know course my life's kind of taken here uh, especially in the last couple of years and yeah very very grateful all right awesome well so obviously we know that you've been living in new york for a little while you've been flying out of newark if i'm correct Are yes you, okay cool so how's new york been treating you recently new york's incredible i've been here now for about a year and a half and it is just as magical, um, if not more than, you know, than I thought it'd be coming out here from LA. I just always had that dream to, uh, you know, go to New York for like a year or two. And then now I'm like, I don't know if I'm ever going to leave. It's, awesome. it's incredible. The, the energy is, is unreal. The flying I get to do out of Newark is, is, uh, honestly the best in the system a ton of Europe, you know, going out there to, uh, to India and, uh, Middle East, uh, flying's incredible. Um, you know, the, the scene out here, the social scene is just so much fun. There's always something going on. And, uh, yeah, just really been living it up. What's the longest flight on your schedule as of late? The longest flight I have done is Delhi back to Newark. Wow. Coming, uh, coming westbound. Uh, it's about 16, just over 16 hours. So how do you stay awake for that long? <laughs> Are you a coffee guy or? <laughs> you definitely, yeah, you definitely drink a lot of coffee. Um, 
So doing this long haul flying is obviously different than a lot of the flying I was doing before, like the 737, it was mainly domestic and, you know, a lot shorter routes, um, not really anything international, um, like overseas. So this kind of flying, there's, you know, more than two pilots, uh, we're always augmented, um, if not double augmented. So for a flight that's, you know, a 16 hour flight to India, we actually have four pilots, uh, up in the cockpit. Uh, we actually have two captains, two first officers. And what we'll do is essentially, uh, you know, I'm, I'm very junior uh, with the airline, especially with this airplane. So I'm always a bunkie, which is really the relief pilot. So I'll be sitting in the jump seat uh, with the other captain who's a relief captain. And uh, we'll all be in the cockpit, take off together about 15 minutes into the flight. We'll go, um, you know, we split the flight time in half and uh, we'll go sleep for about, you know, seven hours. Um, so go knock out and, uh, and get, you know, some good rest. And then we'll come back seven hours after we'll leave the other two guys. They'll go sleep. So um, it's not as hard or as, as rough as it maybe sounds because you're really <laughs> only, you know, flying half that flight time or sleeping the other half. Yeah. So it's all about managing your sleep and, uh, and obviously being on the other side of the clock. That's, that's, an adjustment but it's been it's been incredible so far what a trek well congratulations on all your success and progression as a pilot and with the, with the airline you. you're at yeah and i'm glad new york's treating you well too I, I believe if i'm not mistaken you got some roommates we know pretty well too yeah yes uh some embassy uh, alum in uh dustin kendrick clay harbor uh dustin and i we actually moved out here uh, about you know a year and a half ago and then we had a lease for about a year and then the second place we got now clay uh, ended up moving in with us so we got a three bedroom and it's been a blast we're honestly we're really rarely ever home at the same time obviously with my work schedule and clay's always clay honestly probably travels more than i do to be completely honest um so he's always somewhere and uh but when we are here together it's it's a fun time for sure that's awesome so obviously since y'all are all creators like you mentioned earlier what is it like working and living kind of all under the same roof as creators do y'all like support each other bounce ideas off all that kind of stuff it is um it's it's awesome. It's, uh, it's very unique. Uh, you know, it's, it's cool for me specifically, you know, I, I was kind of like this whole world kind of just opened up for me, you know, obviously very quickly, uh, you know, one day to the next. And I know that's not the norm. And so this, you know, idea of creating, being a creator and, and making content and all that just was never anything that was on my radar. So never was something I thought I'd be doing. Um, you know, obviously flying is, is my passion and that's you know what I want to do until I have to retire. Uh, but having this door open has been, you know, a blessing and it's been, it's been incredible. It's been a ton of fun. I uh, definitely feel like the, uh, the novice of the group uh, compared to like Dustin and Clay. And uh, they, they honestly have a, t it's, it's good because, if you're ever like lacking for creativity or like um, you're just, you know, it's like writer's block and you just don't know what to do with, you know, whatever it is that you're working on. Uh, it's cool having, you know, two other guys there that are in the same boat and uh, can bounce ideas off each other. And they're hilarious too. So I'm not the funniest guy, but having them <laughs> around definitely uh, helps uh, spice some uh, humor into my, um, into my stuff. So hey, it's, don't, been, it's been good. Don't sell yourself short. Yeah, and forget all, on. forget all these TikTok <laughs> content houses. I want to be at the bachelors in the city house. Come this is on. the content house I want to be at. <laughs> some solid dudes under that roof. Yeah. So all of you yeah, met presumably through the bachelor franchise, right? And you, you alluded a second ago that all this kind of happened so quickly for you. So walk us through yeah. how, why, and how that occurred. So how did you wind up on the show on the bachelorette correct in the first place and what was correct, that yeah. process like in the beginning going from airline pilot to now 
oh, I, I, I'm a reality TV yeah. star. I have uh, more eyes on me now. What was that like? Right. It was weird, man. It was, it was very weird. And there's no way to uh, prepare for it. So I met Dustin. Dustin was on uh, the same season uh, on The Bachelorette. And then Clay was on, I think, one or two prior to us. So I didn't meet him until later on. Uh, but Dustin and I immediately connected, became really close uh, throughout our experience on the show. And um, yeah, man, it's, 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 crazy. Cause again, you, you know, I'd always been this hope I still am, you know, this hopeless romantic that I had seen the show for, uh, for years. I think the first, first season I saw was the last pilot and it was like 10 years before my season. Um, I was in college my freshman year and, uh, my roommate, we had some friends and they invite us over to, uh, watch all the episodes. And so I kind of got like into it, um, that way. And obviously never, you know, thought, Oh, maybe that'll be me one day, but um, always have kind of been this guy that's been like a hopeless romantic, right? So fast forward now, um, I was like 27, 26, 27. And I get a DM um, on Instagram from a producer just reaching out, kind of like doing a cold call. And I thought it was like fake. It didn't really think it was real. But then they sent me like an official email. I'm like, oh, look at that. That's kind of cool. Um, wow. I just kind of, I just gone out of a, a, re- a relationship recently. And, um, you know, that was it was kind of perfect timing. So I was like, you know what, why not? Let's, uh, let's go with it. And, uh, you never know. Like I'm always someone that I'm never going to say no. Like I always want to try, you know, something new once at least. And, um, so kind of went with it. I was super excited. Uh, it's a long process, you know, a couple months of testing and all that and, um, auditioning kind of thing. And then it happened and it's like, wow, holy shit. And now I had actually get the time off from work, which was like a whole nother struggle in itself. Cause you know, some people leave their oh, jobs, <laughs> uh, you know, for that, for that experience, but that wasn't going to be me. So how to get creative in some ways. And, um, yeah, just, I look back on it and for me, it was about like a two year experience with the two seasons and like, you know, press stuff. It kind of like was about a full two years and it was just such a like, oh my God, like, that what a cool experience. Insane. So much happened, but definitely a, a moment that I'll look back on for the rest of my life and be like, wow, I'm so happy I did that. I did not know that you didn't apply, nor did any of your friends apply for you behind your back. That, that's crazy. It's a compliment <laughs> that they sought you out like that. Yeah. You know, it's funny. I had about like five, four or five years prior, I did go to, uh, and you know, I was way too young to be going on at them, but I had gone to like this casting call. I was living in Newport and uh, I had one in Costa Mesa. It was like, a, you know, thousands of people show up and went in for like a little quick, you know, five minute brief to talk to someone, never heard anything. So I don't know if, I don't think so, but who knows? I guess it's always a possibility that stayed in their records, but about, it was about four or five years after just a random DM on a, on Instagram. And yeah, stars align. Kind of crazy. That really is wild. So kind of going off of the whole bachelorette conversation, um, what was your relationship like with social media before the bachelorette? Like, were you a big poster? Did you post anything? Were you more of like a story guy? What's the real story? I, to be completely honest, I, I still, I get, you know, told, you know, by my manager all the time, I have to post more. I got to do more. I, it's just, I, again, you go into that experience and, and truly like, hopefully, you know, this works for me. I'd be cool to have an awesome, you know, documented journey to go find someone and uh, hopefully it works out, but you really don't understand kind of what comes with the social media aspect after and how you, again, you're just like thrust into this spotlight mm-hmm. and all these opportunities come up. So no, I was never like this huge social media person. I don't have a Twitter, never had a Twitter, never got one. I like got Instagram like late and my brother and all of his friends had it already, my little brother. And so he's like, Hey, you should get this. And I was like, okay. And uh, so he was the one that created, I didn't know what name to do it. And he's like, Hey, do a pilot Pete. And so he gave me my name for Instagram and just kind of 
took off, I guess. No pun intended with that, but it kind of took off. And uh, <laughs> Does your brother get paid royalties now? Royalties. I, I take good care of my brother. Yeah, we're, uh, <laughs> we're, we're very close. Good so, man. Um, I'm sure he takes he is, a lot of credit on that one. <laughs> for uh, copyright there. So okay. what is it like when you are starting the show? It's, it's clear, at least from an audience perspective, that most contestants do get some kind of social media training or parameters about what they're supposed to do. What did that look like once you joined? Yeah, I mean, with the show specifically, they're very, very serious about, um, you know, social media and what you can and can't do. You have a ton of contracts that you sign and you meet with lawyers and, um, you know, get all that stuff kind of squirt away. So you got to keep a lot of stuff obviously close to the vest. Um, just, you know, that's the nature of the show. And, and they, it's like, it's their, you know, intellectual property, right? So they, they have all the rights and, the, and you, you sign all your rights away, essentially. So um, you can't really complain about anything. But in regards to kind of like social media training after, you don't, you don't really get any like training per se for that. It was more if there was any type of training, it's, you know, going on a reality show, you're not, you're, you're no one. You're not like a celebrity. You're not a, an athlete or a movie star or just a normal person. So it's they give you training on how to do like uh, press kind of stuff after and interviews and, and, you know, how to maybe, you know, navigate around tough questions and um, that kind of stuff. Cause again, as a, just a normal person just off the street, you've never had any experience with that. So that's really the biggest kind of training that the show gives you. Give us the, I guess, just fly through of how season 15 went for you. We don't have to go into great detail, but just keeping our audience filled in what happened to you that season. How did it end up and shake out? Yeah. So I went on the show and I uh, had no idea what was going to happen. Just kind of was open to, uh, you know, any kind of possibility there. Made a, a good connection with the girl. Her name was Hannah, uh, the bachelorette uh, for that season. And it was definitely, um, again, I'm, I'm more, people don't believe me when I say this, but like I'm actually very naturally reserved and, and more of a shy person uh, to, you know, be kind of outgoing. That's, that, that takes you know, a lot of kind of effort on my part. That's just not my natural kind of personality, but that was also a reason kind of why I was excited to do this kind of experience to like, you know, have some opportunity for growth there and like make myself uncomfortable. Cause I always think that's, you know, one of the best things you can do in life is, is mm-hmm. never allow yourself to stay too comfortable. So, um, you know, that was a pro, uh, but so definitely kind of had like a slow burn in the beginning. Um, took me a while. Definitely had like a lot of anxiety and just like nerves and didn't know what I was getting myself into. And then naturally just over the course of the two months of filming, it just, you know, you get used to it and you get more and more comfortable and, uh, relationships started to grow as well and, uh, made it pretty, pretty, uh, pretty far close to the end there. Uh, was let go at number uh, three and that was, uh, the end of my journey on the bachelorette. Wow. Okay. And so, after that ended, obviously, and you get sent home, did you really anticipate as you got your phone back, you got all your social media back, did you anticipate everything following that on how many people would be tuning in to watch you, how many people would start to follow you on Instagram, and how much really your life would come into the spotlight? No, no, because you, you really, you know, you have everything taken away, right? You have no phone, no no iPad or anything or connection to the outside world. Obviously, you're not on social media. So, I remember, you know, the first time that I got my phone back. So we'd gone to like Paris. We were where I left the show was in uh, Crete, Greece. And uh, for like they had one more week of filming. So instead of like having me go back to the States, um, you know, so for like spoilers or people to see you, they sent me and my producer to Paris. And so we had a week there. And actually, I still didn't even get my phone out in Paris. Like they were keeping everything hush hush for me still there. Yeah. And then finally getting back in the States, it's like kind of, it's crazy. We, we land back in uh, LAX and going through the Tom Bradley terminal and 
just randomly producer, you know, as uh, we're going down the escalators outside of customs, you know, she's like, all right, well, here's your phone. And um, we have a, you know, this is your, your car, uh, your Uber going, going back to home. And it's just like, boom, you got, you just go your separate ways. And it's like, that's just, wow. All this, you know, that just happened in the last two months. And then now I'm kind of thrust back into the real world again. And you have no idea, you know, what's happening, uh, what people are saying. Uh, so that, you know, was kind of, exciting, you know, just to start reading about everything. And, um, you know, it's, it's, it's insane to have so much, you know, so bachelor nation is huge. Right. And, mm-hmm. um, it's, it's for a good reason. The show has done an incredible job of making a really entertaining show for a long time. And, you know, while it's not necessarily, you know, a ton of lifelong marriages that come out of it, there are some relationships that do, um, make it. And, uh, and for that, you know, that's, you got to give it credit. So, yeah, everything just starts kind of piling in and uh, and then they like give you a date where you can go and kind of activate your uh, or reactivate your Instagram and go, uh, I guess, go public on stuff. And, you know, they, they give you like some guidelines, I guess, for, you know, posting like the first, uh, you know, to kind of like set up for the first episode. And there's a lot of excitement there and, and you just kind of have no idea what's going to happen or how, you know, people are going to receive you. But just to have so many people invested in your journey, it's like, wow, it just, it takes a while to kind of get used to because it's, it's literally overnight. That is crazy. So do you remember when the first time you got recognized in public then was, was it on your way back from the airport? There's probably a calm before the storm, right? So you you get off the airplane, (laughs) you get your phone back. How long till the first episode aired? And then, yeah. Yeah, exactly. When did you first get recognized? People start saying like, oh wait, that's, that's That's Pilot Pete. (laughs) Let's see here. We finished filming in like, early to mid May. And I want to say the season started end of May or like June. So it was only a couple of weeks oh, wow. uh, before everything gets going, but it's actually a funny story. So when I was in Paris for that one week, um, we were, we were walking, uh, just to some cafe. We sat down in some cafe to, to get some lunch. And, uh, there, there was these two girls, you could tell they were American, um, you know, just speaking English with their accent. And, uh, we sat like two tables away from them and I could hear, I just, it was kind of eavesdropping. I could hear them saying, Hey, that looks like the, um, one of the, the guys on the new season of, uh, of the bachelorette, um, the uh, Luke guy, um, Luke, <laughs> Luke, uh, Luke Stone. And Luke Stone was one of the guys on, yeah. on our season there, but obviously that, that wasn't me. And so they, it was just funny. What are the odds that they would confuse, you know, another person that actually was on that season, um, you know, with, with, uh, one of the guys. So that was kind of funny just to, you know, be in a completely different country, almost across the world and, uh, and kind of have people like recognize, you know, that's wow. That's just, you, there's no way to kind of prepare for that. So yeah, it's kind of overnight, like I said. Wow. And when you were finished with the bachelorette, did you ever imagine that you would ever become the bachelor? No, no, I did not. I, uh, it's funny now, like I look back and you kind of like piece together probably what was going on in like production's mind of where they wanted, you know, uh, storylines to go and, and what their plans were for me. I was like, I was so, I like had really bought into this and I was like, no, this, this works. Like I'm, you know, crazy about this girl and everything. So I'm like, I'm in Paris there. And it's, I guess later on my, my producer who you become very close to, she's like, yeah, we, we had a really good idea that it was going to be you from, you know, the night that they sent you home. And really? in my head though, I'm here like, you know, this, this, you know, poor dog with my tail between my legs, you know, just moping to, to her about, Aww. Oh, you think I, I could possibly go back to Crete? And like, you think she made a mistake and uh, like, I just don't understand it. Like, you know, what if, what if we, what if we did that? Like, is that, is that allowable? And you know, they probably are like laughing their ass off thinking, dude, you got other things coming for you. So, um, <laughs> like chill out, but, Pete. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I didn't, I didn't, I didn't really think that was, I guess, a possibility until, um, I think like halfway through the bachelorette airing, I think it was like July, um, just had a lunch with, uh, one of the execs and, um, kind of, was like the first conversation and then just kind of went from there. Wow. Okay. So then how would you describe from both seasons, obviously, as you were on the bachelorette and the bachelor, how would you describe your season in comparison to the bachelorette then becoming the lead and being mm-hmm. the bachelor? What's like the um, comparison from it? Um, it's, it's not, nothing about it is alike. It's mm-hmm. different in every aspect, obviously. Um, it's so much more difficult being the lead. You have no idea, just like being responsible for so many people's feelings. Um, and like knowing that you're going to impact them. It just, it, that part was the part that I struggled with the most just cause like I, like, you know, most people don't, don't enjoy hurting people. Right. Mm-hmm. And that's just nature of the beast, uh, being on the other side of things. And, um, so definitely exhausting. Uh, they always say like, you know, the first, first half it's you film for two months. The first half is just physically exhausting. Cause you know, being the lead, you're involved on every single day. So you, you don't have any days off. Whereas on the other side, you have, you know, a couple free days where you can just chill, maybe catch up on a little bit of sleep. But as a lead, you're literally going all day long and you're, you know, finishing a group date. And now you have to go back to the hotel and do some more interviews about all five women, right. That were on that group date. So you don't get to bed till like 4am and you're waking up at seven thirty eight again. So the first first you know month is exhausting physically and then the second one uh obviously is there's less and less people there um you know the timing is not as intense but uh it's emotionally exhausting uh that that second month because now you're like invested and you know now you're making legit real hard decisions um and and you don't have all the information that you would hope you could have in that moment and so you just you're kind of doing it as winging it it's really no you know, playbook essentially to uh, really get it down right. And you just go with your heart and I hope you're making the right decision. I feel like there's also a very big difference in perception from yeah. one season to another. Cause I remember watching your first season and when you mm-hmm. got sent home, I was devastated because I was sad too. I guess I never told you this, but in another life I would be a pilot. I have always wanted oh, to get yeah? my pilot's license. So watching that, I'm like, man, this guy is like me in another life. I really <laughs> want this for him. He's a solid dude. So when you go home, it's like everyone is supporting you. Right. And, yeah. and they're like your biggest fan, like, wow, she made a mistake. He should have stayed. And then when you yeah. go on as the bachelor, all eyes are on you in a much more critical way. Right. Cause like you For said, sure. you have these heavy decisions. You're not trying to hurt anyone, but naturally when you have naturally, to eliminate that to. many women, there's no way to not. So right. going from that first season to the second, how did your relationship with social media change as maybe some of these perceptions started getting tilted? Oh yeah. I mean, I, you know, on the, on the bachelorette, I don't think I got any real, maybe I'm wrong, but no real like critics or anything. Like it was, it was all just a lot of support, which was, you know, I was lucky in that, in that regard, you know, that's not always the case with everyone, but, um, you know, got a a really good edit was taken care of by uh, production and, um, definitely developed this trust, you know, with them, um, from that first season, uh, that, you know, also, you know, I, I felt like it had worked for me that first season too. Like I really felt like legitimate feelings. I didn't think they were just, um, you know, it wasn't just infatuation and, uh, you know, it wasn't just like a product of being like in an awesome environment and, and how romantic it was like, no, I actually thought that it was working for me. So had this, you know, new confidence, um, that this could work for me again. And, um, then now when you're, on the other side of it and you're making the decisions naturally you're not going to please everyone and you're going to have uh supporters and you're going to have people that are against you and that disagree with you um and in the beginning it's it's very again 
the first season for me, it was a lot of love and that's all it was. And it was awesome. But still having all this attention was like, this is, this is odd. The second season, you're kind of used to that a little bit more now, but now you have to like really get some tough skin because you're going to have critics and every single lead that's ever gone through, you know, this experience hasn't pleased every single person. So um, that I'm definitely grateful for um, actually. And just having that experience to just really get that tough skin. Uh, I've always been kind of, I've described myself as like a people pleaser and definitely did a little bit of that in my season just because naturally that's who I am. And I couldn't really, you know, stray too far from that or try to be someone that I wasn't. Um, but definitely learn to kind of pull back the reins on that a little bit and, and do things just for me. Um, that was a big lesson, you know, that I learned and you're not going to please everyone. You're going to hurt people. And that's just life. Yeah. Pete, one of the reasons I'm excited you're on the show today uh, is because I think you're uniquely qualified to talk about this. So this, this is a podcast for creators. And most mm-hmm. creators and influencers have the luxury, I guess you could call it, of adjusting to a large platform as they gradually build it over time. You, yeah. on the other hand, had the challenge of being thrown into the spotlight essentially overnight. I mean, talk, yeah. talk about blow up. You did blow up mm-hmm. overnight. So in light right. of how quickly you became famous and then the, the, the roller coaster that ensued, how did you develop that tough skin that you were talking about? How did you adjust mentally and emotionally to this new reality? Yeah, I think, you know, it just kind of depends on the type of person you are. Like, listen, for me, this has been, I, I truly, I look back on the experience. It was incredible. And through all the highs, all the lows, like I don't regret it at all. Like I, I loved my experience, learned a ton. You know, like I said, got a ton of tough skin from this whole experience. You know, coming into this newfound reality. For me, it's always been cool. It's been, um, it's been different. It's been cool opportunities, but it's never been something that's defined me. Like that's just me being very honest. And I don't maybe not every, I don't think everyone else is like that. Um, I, like I said, I wasn't ever this big social media person before the show. Um, having now done it and having these opportunities and it's, you know, it'd kind of be dumb to say no to them. So I've kind of gotten out of my comfort zone a little bit in regards to that, but it always was weird to me. Like, I don't know, it just being on reality TV again, I kind of alluded to it earlier. I, I didn't do anything special. You know, I literally just dated, like I'm sure you guys have done plenty of, right? Everyone in this world is, has dated at some point. And that's literally all that anyone goes on the show does. You know, we're not athletes, we're not musicians or, or, you know, these highly skilled people on TV per se, or for entertainment, just normal people. So I guess the, having that mindset, it's like, wow. I mean, yeah, it's, it's crazy having, you know, people now be so invested in your life and it's, and it's definitely cool. I, I definitely appreciate the support seeing people, you know, in public and it, it always, you know, puts a smile on my face and I hope that I can do the same, you know, to them, you know, if you stop for just say hi, take a picture whatever. Um, but again, it's just, I get, I go back to it. Just, this has never really been something that has defined me and like, it's, it's just not my, being very honest, it's just not my main focus. Um, and you know, I'm a pilot first. That's, that's what I've always said. Um, and I've been blessed now to, uh, to have the opportunity to, to create stuff and, and, um, and take advantage of some really cool opportunities, um, you know, via the show, but that's, that's second for me. Before we go any further, we want to thank the sponsor of this episode, Embassy Social. Embassy is the app helping creators land and manage paid partnerships on social media. That's right. It's an all-in-one tool where you as a creator can create a digital media kit that brands can buy straight from, by the way, collect collaboration requests, manage all your collabs, communicate with brands, and most importantly, get paid instantly when you submit a deliverable. 
Download the app and create your completely free account today to start collaborating the right way. Now, back to the show. Even though you are pilot first, I think everything you said was so wise and so mature because the part about it not defining you is applicable to to everyone, creators specifically, but anyone on social media, right? Because if you're if your identity is rooted in something that is so frail and especially dependent on other people's opinions, oh, naturally, when when the lows come, inevitably, it's going to be a, a personal attack because that's what you're placing at the core of who you are. So totally. the question the question that we would ask, you know, other creators listening to this is, what does define you? What is your identity? Because your social media presence is a big part of your life. Absolutely. But if that is central to who you are as a person, um, yeah, that's not stable. No, not yeah. at all. No, it's not. And, and for sure, listen, like we're all human, right? So, um, again, being in this, in this crazy opportunity and, and being thrust into this spotlight, it's true. If you really are putting, like you're having this define you now and like, Oh, I'm, you know, this is my thing, Instagram and I'm an influencer now, and this is going to be my whole life. And then you start getting like attacked and like having negative comments. It's you're setting yourself up for a very, very dark place that it could be very hard to get out of. And a lot of people have struggled, you know, with, with just that it's kind of just human nature. And how do you, you, you try to handle it the best way you can, but you're not perfect. And so, yeah, I don't know. I guess I've been, I've been fortunate and don't get me wrong. Like I've definitely been affected by hearing, you know, bad stuff and it, it, you're human. So it does hurt. Um, but at some point you get to a point where just like, you know, for me, I feel like I, I literally don't even know this person's first name, their middle name. I don't know their favorite color. I don't know where they are in this world right now. Why am I investing so much emotion in maybe something mean that they're saying it does has no bearing. And and it's like, it's funny. I'd always, I'd always say like, you know, in person, um, you'll never have anyone say anything. It's all love. It's all just like, you know, high, high vibes, positive vibes. It's all like the keyboard warriors online that they'll, they'll go say stuff. And, um, you, once you realize, wow, that's really all it is. It's, it's not real life. That's just, that's just on the internet and it's zeros and ones that are being typed on a screen. Like in real life, none of that stuff happens. And people just like are cool people and, and understand that you're a human being and, and not, you know, no one's perfect. Once you get that perspective from me, that was pretty huge. And, um, again, I think just, just not letting it define me and, and staying rooted. Like this is cool. I'm very, very grateful for it. But, um, like I said, pilot first reminds me of a Drake line that says, uh, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. <laughs> and that is, that's what it is. I yeah. So. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my yeah, goodness. Very that's true. so funny. I think it's so great that you said, I don't even know what their favorite color is or their middle <laughs> name. I think that's hilarious. I think that's so it's, funny. it's true, but, but it's like, you still, it, and mm -hmm. I had it, I was a victim of it. Like you, Obviously. And you care about all these like opinions and it's like, but, but why, why, it's why hard are you doing to, that to yourself? Obviously with your transition of everybody was so positive as you were saying, and then having yeah. to transition into kind of giving a lot more heat, obviously becoming the bachelor. So when those like trolls or those super fans would go a little bit crazy on you. Did you have any specific, like really easy tactics that you would use, whether it's like let me log out of Instagram or let me go on a walk or let me go on a run when the heat would get to be a lot because obviously you were under some scrutiny. And so were there any like practical ways that you could advise other creators that may be going through the same thing that were super helpful to you? Yeah. Um, to be just very blunt and very honest, yeah. I am so quick to block people. If I, if there is right. anything <laughs> good that for you, I, I love I, it. If I, and, and like, it's, you know, I, 
maybe people are like, oh, I don't want to block people and, and lose followers. But it's like, it's, there's the way I live my life is if you're not providing, like, if you're only trying to bring me down, offer negativity, like that's just so opposite of where my, mm-hmm. my life path is going that I just don't have time for that. And I'm not going to entertain it. And I'm just not going to allow myself to see it. And so it's a great tool on, uh, on Instagram. If there's one mean comments, all right, it's done. And Bye. <laughs> you, know, you, you forget about it out of sight, out of mind. Maybe that sounds mean and, and blunt, but it's just, that's what I do. And it's been, uh, it's been very helpful. You know, you do have, you know, on social media, a lot of these kind of like, uh, protections or securities to, uh, you know, to help, I guess, with your mental health, because that definitely can get affected from just hearing this over and over and over. So yeah, I, I'm not, I'm not afraid to, uh, to block, uh, any negativity. No, I think that's great. I think it's a wonderful tactic, actually. I mean, you gotta Keep get dropping the of, hammer, Pete. Yeah. I mean, bye. <laughs> yeah, no. And, and again, you just, you don't even two seconds later, you don't even remember it and, it, and it's done. So Cause you can't um, see it again. Exactly. Yeah. So does yeah. living with Dustin and clay help with the mental side of this? Like, are you guys able to keep each other healthy and sharp as it pertains to your, your mentality? Yeah. I mean, we're, we're extremely close. Like Dustin and Dustin's, you know, my best friend, uh, gotten very close with clay. Um, you know, here just in, you know, a couple months we lived together, but you know, just having a cool common ground there, uh, an experience that we all experienced, uh, together, uh, for the most part, it's great to have that kind of that support system. And, you know, outside from just my roommates, you know, we still talk to, uh, I still talk to a lot of the guys from, you know, the original season I was on with the bachelorette and, it's cool just to have people, you don't, you'll, you'll never get it. You just won't. It's impossible to, unless you've been through the experience, but if you've been through it, it's just, it's so helpful and refreshing and healthy to just like talk it out with people that understand it and um, have your best interest. And, you know, have, have dealt with the highs, the lows, they have that experience too. So uh, definitely cool to lean on that community. Yeah, I think a lot that we as men are often told in our culture is that, if you're going to be a strong man, you need to figure this out yourself. You know, like vulnerability is a sign of weakness, which I would advocate that it's quite I the opposite. I would strongly disagree with that, actually, yeah. being a woman. so Yeah, I, 100%. I think Gotta wear your heart on your sleeve. One of the strongest things you can do, for sure. Like, that's mm-hmm. that's not a weakness at all, being mm-hmm. vulnerable, allowing your soul to truly come out in its most pure form. What's what's weak about that? And nothing. I'm thankful you guys have that support system at your place in, in NYC. So give them our best yeah. Whenever, yeah. whenever you yeah. see them next. Yeah. So Absolutely. as we alluded to, you you quite literally blew up overnight. Yeah. You're yeah. adjusting to this new sense of reality and the struggles that come with the presence of a massive audience mm-hmm. on social media. Shifting to kind of the business side of this, at what point in time did you start using this platform for more content creation and specifically brand deals like how did that start did you seek any of this out or did they just flock to you and you filtered through them yeah so you have like a, a grace period or like a waiting period that you have to you know in your contract before you can start doing any any type of influencing deals um i think it's about i want to say it's about three months before you can do anything and then for the first year you know, uh, you're under contract for, um, exclusivity. So the show obviously has the rights to, uh, you know, deny whatever they want or, you know, they have to prove everything. So after that year, uh, you're, you're released. So yeah, just from the business side of it, again, that was all brand new to me. I had no idea what was going on. Um, had a bunch of, uh, you know, it's crazy how these people find you, right. But just a bunch of managers and agents kind of reach out and this is kind of overwhelming to be completely honest, because going from the bachelorette to the bachelor, you don't, um, you know, the other guys 
had a different path where three months after that, then they started getting into all this. But for me, I was like delayed a good, you know, probably half a year, six, seven months. And then I got my kind of start. And um, yeah, just having people reach out and want to work with you. And you're just like, who can I trust? Who can I not trust? Like just taking kind of, you know, meetings and and seeing who you kind of vibe with. I was very fortunate to uh, just, um, you know, meet a, a great friend first, first and foremost, but you know, I'm a manager who I work with and, uh, you know, I've been very lucky, you know, I can trust him and yeah, it's, it's fun. It's, it's a cool, it's a whole different world. And if, if you've never been in it, it's just, it's kind of like, it's just, it's very interesting. And again, like the opportunities are, are incredible. So for that, I'm, I'm extremely grateful. Yeah, that's awesome. So obviously you said you had a manager. So is he the one that kind of just like picks and chooses what brands you're going to work with? Or is that something that you get a heavy say in? Or does he kind of just like send you a list? And he's like, here you go, Pete. This is what you got to do this week. Right. Yeah. No, I, um, you know, obviously I always have the final say, but Mm -hmm. you know, my manager will go out and uh, he's just got, you know, natural or he's got connections and, and relationships with a lot of these brands and marketing companies. So if there is a good fit, he'll bring it to me and, and then I'll, I'll say yes or no. And if it's a yes, then we'll get going on it and, and, and start thinking up uh, some creative ways to, uh, to get this out there. And that's, that's kind of that. Yeah. A huge question mark in the industry that we found is a lot of creators have no idea what they're worth financially. Like how do I, how do I price myself? What is, what are brands willing to pay for this content? So do you, do you have any, I guess, processes for how you structure your deals in terms of pricing, content use, et cetera? To be honest, I, I actually stay very, very hands-off. I, I've always, you know, I've told, you know, I told my manager, like, I just, I want you to do everything. And I just, you know, obviously I'm very busy with, with just my actual job of flying and I don't want to be, you know, going back and forth, doing any negotiating. Um, so literally he does everything. He, gets the deal, gets, you know, gets the okay for me, signs a contract and all that stuff, gets all the, you know, deliverables and all the, uh, you know, the points we have to hit. And, um, I stay kind of very hands off from that. Um, and I just, I trust, you know, him for, you know, his, his judgment for, you know, pricing and all that, what's fair. Uh, so again, I'm just lucky that, you know, I have a good trust and good relationship, uh, you know, with him. A good thing for you and creators broadly now is the, the average price of influencer content is going up. So mm-hmm, for uh, sure, yeah. it make, absolutely. everyone is. make sure that's reflected in your pricing. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. It's, it, it's nuts, man. It's, it's a crazy, crazy industry. Who would have thought this would have, you know, been, it would have existed, you know, a couple of years ago, but it's here no and kidding. I don't really see it going away anytime soon. So, well, neither do we, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. obviously. <laughs> yeah, obviously. <laughs> so sure. with the skills that obviously you've gained in that, and obviously being a pilot is obviously your full-time job and you love it and it's going to be your job forever until you yeah. have to retire. But with social media being a second source of an income stream, considering mm-hmm. that you weren't a creator prior to The Bachelor or any of the franchise stuff, do you really think that it is a really good source of income for a lot of creators as we've seen it has been for a lot of people but what's your opinion on it obviously is this is your second not your first right yeah I mean listen it's it's an incredible um you know stream of income for sure there's I think there's definitely tiers of specifically I can just speak from from the bachelor franchise of people that have come out from the show and you know however many years removed they are um there's definitely tiers on who's been the most successful and um you know semi-successful and kind of just like faded off so I think that's, it, it definitely, I think is, is difficult to, 
I think very, very few people from the franchise have been able to kind of like distance themselves from the franchise and mm. kind of rebrand, if you will, to um, just go their own, you know, whatever route they want to do and um, kind of have that brand for them. You're kind of always going to be tied to the show. And for me, I, you know, I don't, I don't mind. It was, it was, it was cool, but yeah, it's, I mean, it's incredible opportunities and um, it's like, it's tough to say no to it. And uh, especially like when it's something that you really like connect with and, uh, and you're definitely on board with it. It's like, it's a win-win. In refining your personal brand, because you weren't a creator before the show, what skills have you had to learn that maybe didn't come naturally to you? Oh man, I, uh, it's funny. I don't, I don't know why my, my music on Instagram got blocked or got like, um, yeah, blocked. I can't put in you know, some weird stuff's been happening to me like that too. Yeah. It happens to you too. It, it okay. did a couple yeah. months ago. Yeah. I don't know why. Um, it just, I've, for whatever reason, I've never, you know, maybe for like the first month or two when it came out, I could put songs on. And so now I don't have that option. It always, you know, doesn't huh. give me any, any songs to pick from. Is so, this just the um, stickers on your stories or is this apply to reels too? Um, on stories. Okay. Yeah. Stories. Yeah, that's that's what it was doing to me. That's you all like updated my... your apps. Yes. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I've done it all. I've, I reached Did out you try turning it to, off and uh, turning it back on? <laughs> Just wanted to make sure everybody has their latest update. Wait, what, a, what an idea. No, I need to try that. Um, Novel. No, yeah. We, I've tried <laughs> all that. It's, um, and I've reached out to Instagram and, and nothing. And it's funny. Like I, the one time that like, I wasn't going to get verified. It was, I mean, I look back on it now and I'm like, oh, it's kind of stupid, but I like, didn't want to like get sucked into like this, oh, you know, verification and the check and every, and I'm like, I don't want that now just for like security reasons, it's extremely smart. And it would have been a very dumb choice for me not to do that. But it's, they, they actually verified me without ever my consent or anything. And I was like <laughs> mad at first. I was like, what the heck guys? And then, but they won't get back to me for freaking, uh, for the music. So you just logged in Anyways. one day and you had a blue check and you're like, oh, yeah. interesting. I, and I, I'm, I, I look back, I'm like, what an idiot, Peter. Um, <laughs> I literally wrote a DM to Instagram saying, guys, I want you to remove this check. I do not want this. Like, I, I legitimately did. I was like, I don't want to be in this group. Like it's, I just don't. Did you since and delete that or unsend that? <laughs> no. Um, <laughs> it's still there somewhere. Yeah, it's still somewhere. They probably just sent you like a thumbs up. And we're like, okay. <laughs> yeah, they're like, this You're guy funny. is ridiculous. Who, who the hell is this guy? That's funny. Um, yeah, so... You know, it That's is what so it is. Funny. But <laughs> so obviously, not only through Instagram, I know we've talked a lot about Instagram, but you also, as a creator, have been able to expand upon different platforms like your podcast, Bachelors in the City, with your roommate yes. Dustin. So, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that? I actually have listened to quite a few of your episodes, and I really enjoy your podcast. Oh, so kudos it. to you Thank and you. to Dustin. Thank um, you. But so, tell us a little bit about it. Why you kind of fell into it, and how the experience has been yeah again one of those things that never would have thought I would have uh you know been co-hosting a podcast and uh just a cool opportunity that we kind of ran with Dustin actually brought the idea to me when we first moved in together in New York uh he had a connection with you know this podcasting company and he had been thinking about doing it so naturally it just was like yeah let's uh let's kind of you know have a podcast about just everyday life, you know, two guys living in the city, New York city, just moving here. And then obviously tie in a little bit of a, a bachelor talk. You got to do that a, a little bit, but it's been, um, it's been awesome. Um, you know, we just went over our hundredth episode wow. and, uh, a couple Congratulations. Of episodes ago and it's, yeah. that's a huge yeah. milestone. Yeah. It was, it's very, very cool to see it kind of take off and again, never expected it. It grew to really enjoy it. At first I was like, ah, I don't know if this is my thing, but it's like every time, you know, we record a session, it's like you always are left for like this high and you're like, oh, that's, that's why I do it. It's, it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun. I've definitely enjoyed it. One thing I appreciate about your personal brand and Dustin included is just how genuine you are. You guys are so relatable. You're, you're not famous people that live off, 
you know, in some far-fetched land, but you're, you're really solid guys that I think anyone and everyone can connect to. So I, I appreciate that. And I think that definitely that, comes out in the podcast. In addition to the podcast, you words. also put out a children's book last year, correct? Yes. You want to tell us about that? Yes. That, that's probably been uh, one of the greatest gifts that I've received from, you know, this kind of life-changing opportunity uh, was the opportunity to do that. And again, sounds like a broken record, never expected to do that, but um, very grateful that it, it came my way. And uh, at first I was going to kind of do like a, maybe a book more traditional, like, on, you know, tell all or something about the show and decided not to go that route. And it wasn't even my idea at first that my publisher was like, well, what about like a children's book? And I was like, boom, the second he said that I knew exactly what I wanted to do. Um, I wanted to tell my actual, you know, first love story uh, with aviation and how that came to be from a very little kid all the way up to getting to uh, on with United Airlines and achieving my, uh, you know, my lifelong dream. So that was a really great process. I enjoyed every bit of it uh, from the, you know, illustrating and setting all the, you know, concepts in and writing it and just learning. I learned so much. I never knew how to publish a book and what went along with that and placing orders and doing all this. And then to the, you know, launch party and having, uh, you know, so many great friends uh, come support my family, come support. And then the coolest part is just, you know, I still get it just random messages, just DMS on Instagram. And it's a mom or a dad uh, mm. just sending a picture with their little kid uh, reading the book and like super into it. And like, there's this one like message that always stands out to me. It was this, it was this uh, little boy, sweet little boy that, He's autistic and it's the only book, his mom said the only book that he would read. And every like night he goes up wow. on the second, second, they have like stairs, like a staircase. He goes on the second stair. That's his spot. And he like opens up my book. And I'm like, that, that to me is, I, it's just a feeling of like so much love that I really never expected to feel. And it was definitely an amazing passion project. And again, probably, yeah, definitely the best gift that's come out of it for me. What an impact. That's incredible. What do you consider cool yourself an author now? Like when you introduce yourself, do you ever say I'm an author? Is, is there more work in the future to come or TBD? I, I, um, I guess, yeah, technically I am. Uh, I do want to, um, ideally I would like to the adventures of pilot Pete's the name of my book. And the first one is, is my actual real story of from a little kid to where I'm at now, you know, with a little bit of uh, like Easter eggs thrown in there for the bachelor franchise. But uh, I have, you know, aspirations to make a series and now make it very, you know, fictional and uh, just have, you know, cool adventures traveling all around the world, make it educational for kids um, and just kind of tie in some of my real world experiences and whatever destination and then, um, you know, make up some stuff and, and again, educational for them. So um, haven't found the time to do that yet, but it's uh, definitely on the list. I love it. I think that's awesome. And so one other question yeah. in regards to all of the other stuff you've done, but we heard a little rumor that The Bachelorette was not the first time you were ever on TV. Is that correct? Were you on Days of Our Lives <laughs> way back in like 2003? One episode. Look at you guys. <laughs> y yes. Um, yes, that is, that is true. So do you remember I, uh, that? <laughs> I, I, uh, I do. It was, um, I had one line. It was, uh, <laughs> I played a young Roman on days of our lives. I had never seen days of our lives. Didn't know what the show was about, but went in for this audition and it was like a scene for, um, like a, a throw, like a, a throwback memory of the main characters on the show going back to their childhood. And so I played a young Roman on that. And, um, yeah, I guess that was technically my first uh, experience in front of the camera, but not nothing like actually serious. Um, and uh, never would have, you know, envisioned doing this however many years later. But yeah. It's like a you foreshadowing, right. you know, you were yeah, dead. You certainly weren't a one hit wonder after <laughs> no. that, that one line appearance. I, I, I guess so. You yeah, got a lot more lines so. after that. 
Well, yeah. Pete, you shared yeah. some real Actually, wisdom. No, it's all unscripted, so no, no actual lines, but exactly. yeah, a lot more experience. <laughs> Pete, you shared some real wisdom, and we appreciate everything that you've brought to the show and for our other creators to benefit from, especially hearing about dealing with the challenges and the emotional hurdles of becoming such a well-known person on social media these days. We really appreciate your, uh, your advice and your vulnerability with us today. I think we're going to close out our time in a fun way. This is something that we're going to call speed dating. So you're going to speed date Anna real quick. Basically, she's just going to ask you a okay. bunch of rapid fire questions. They're not that, hard, I promise. Uh, okay. Are simple questions, but not. people, people, a lot of people probably don't know about yeah, you. Uh, exactly. So we'll have a little fun with it and, and let it fly. All, All right. right. Sweet. So question number one, I think I already know the answer to this, but this is a question that we want to ask all of our guests when they come on the podcast. It's what did you actually want to be when you grew up? <laughs> I, um, well, actually for, first oh. from a, from a little kid, I, it was aviation theme, but I was obsessed with space. I wanted to be uh. the first, I wanted to be the first pilot astronaut to fly the first mission to Mars. That was always my dream growing up with my That's dad. Cool. We'd always go and cool. um, watch all the Apollo movies and all the, you know, air and space museums. And so I was obsessed with space, got to go to space camp in fourth grade. Aww. Um, and it was, it was incredible. And then from there definitely was not smart enough to become an astronaut. Like those are like the cream of the crop, right? Like the top, the top. I'm sure you um, could have so, done it. <laughs> well, pre appreciate the confidence. Yeah. And, um, and then obviously just having my dad, you know, be a, an airline pilot. Um, I got to see that firsthand uh, on so many different occasions. I was like, this is what I was born to do. That's mm -hmm. awesome. Okay. Now I'll ask them fast. I didn't think we were going to get okay. a different answer for either. that. So excited. Yeah, I guess a little switch up. Yeah. Okay. So favorite color. Red. Most fascinating person you've ever met. Ooh. I would say, oh boy, this has got to be quick now. This is pressure. It's okay. Um, it's okay. You can take a couple of seconds. We won't time nice. you. We'll ask them quick. You don't have to answer. Yeah. <laughs> okay. A lot, a lot of really cool hosts. Um, you know, honestly, I would say, uh, I would say Kygo. Kygo, the DJ. Oh. Um, he's my, been my all-time favorite artist, you know, ever since I heard his music for the first time. And I had actually an opportunity to go meet him from the show. And so that was just like such a cool experience. But honestly, like I, from the entire show, that's like one of my top memories. Of <laughs> no way. Meet Kygo and like go on stage with him for one of his shows. Like that was, that was okay, a cool. killer answer. Okay. That was a good answer. It was definitely worth the wait. <laughs> Okay, okay so um, what's the last book that you read? The Alchemist. Ooh, okay. Ooh, Favorite movie? Favorite movie is Top Gun, oh, obviously. Classic. So, I mean, you've seen and, the most recent one? Top Gun Maverick, the second one, is uh, Tom Cruise. That's who I just met recently, too. Oh, Tom shoot. Tom Cruise? Um, I, I knew I was blanking. Yeah, I got to go to the premiere uh, for Top Gun. Unreal. Top Gun, the original one was, you know, my dad and I's favorite movie. You got yeah. to take my dad uh, to the premiere. We got to go to San Diego. We had on the aircraft carrier, the whole red carpet, Tom Cruise showing up in a helicopter, uh, landing, walking out with his suit and aviators on. I'm like, that's Maverick in the flesh. And got to take a picture <laughs> with him. So Star Trek. Well. Isn't that dude like 59 years old? 59. It looks incredible. Takes How? really good care of himself. I, I don't know. but And they do all the flying themselves. It blows my mind. That, that, that is a, a bit. real pilot, too. Yeah. Mm -hmm. that, I, the life. most recent movie, I think, quickly moved into my top three of all time. It was so well done. So, so well done. Yeah, we got to have actually on our uh, podcast, um, the aerial cinematographer that would shoot wow. all the air to air scenes. Uh, he got to come on our uh, podcast and got to, you know, just pick his brain. And it was it was super, super cool. It got the nerd out. 
our uh, creative director, photo video guy Harrison over here, who you can't see off the camera, just, you just blew his mind. His 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 eyes <laughs> like, like rolled into the back out. of his head. <laughs> it was, like, it oh was very cool. God. And every it was insane. Every shot that you see, nothing is CG'd in regards to whether that was actually flying in real life. Whatever they're shooting, it may not be the actual skin. It may be like a um, a smaller jet, and they put this, you know, mm-hmm. um, whatever the SR seventy one Blackbird type uh, jet into yeah. like the skin. But every scene is actually an airplane flying. Nothing CG. <sighs> wow, Legit. my mind is yeah. blown. Yeah, okay, it's, it's morning or night person? Uh, nights. Favorite restaurant in New York? Ooh, um, I'm going to say. I recently just found it. Uh, it's called Arthur and Sons, and it's uh, an amazing Italian restaurant in the West Village. And I love Italian food. It's between that and mm-hmm. sushi, but I'm going to go with Arthur and Sons, West Village. Check it out. They're opening up in Miami as well, I believe. But right now, it's just in New York. Let's add it to the okay. list. Okay, I'm going to add it to the list. All right, yes. ideal first date in New York. Ideal first dates. Honestly, I, I'm such a sucker for renting city bikes and just riding around Central Park, uh, riding on like the West Side Highway, especially like on a beautiful day, just enjoying it and the views and um, and stopping and just, uh, you know, getting some good food on the river there. I'm a big uh, city bike person. Love it. Love to hear it. All right. Last show that you binge watched. So I'm actually not that big of a uh, of a show watcher, but the last one I did was the um, I forgot the name of it. It was with Kevin Hart. It's this. It was a serious. He was really serious in it. It wasn't like a comedy. Uh, it was about the uh, murder that goes on, and um, our fact checkers yeah. are on it. I know what um, you're talking about, but I haven't seen it either, like, so I don't know the is name. Is he in Only Murders in the Building? No, he's no, not. He's that's not a great show, show, by the way. Good show in New York. If you haven't seen that, highly recommend. No, I haven't. Yeah. yeah, no, the Kevin Hart one, and I, it was so cool. I actually got to. Is it called True Story? Like, True story. Yes. Ah, there we go. Thanks, fact checkers. Thank you very much. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I got to. We were uh, one of the cool things in New York is uh, the Comedy Cellar. Going, me and my friend, we love going. We were just there last night, and uh, it's super cool because sometimes we'll just have stars randomly show up. You have no idea are coming. And Kevin Hart and Chris Rock showed up both two two times ago. We went, and it was just like mind blowing. He's my favorite comic, and yeah, it's pretty cool. I love that. All right. So what is your favorite brand that you've ever been able to post? Like a brand deal? Uh, my favorite brand is United Airlines. Um, Good answer. Good answer. I, uh, they do pay him. Yeah. <laughs> Technically, they, they do pay me. And, uh, and I post about them <laughs> a lot. So um, United. And then in regards to what you're actually asking, um, Bulletproof, I, I really enjoyed working mm. with. I had a okay. really good uh, opportunity with them. And probably the one I use the most is uh, is Uber. Obviously, just living in the city. Yeah. So. All right. So here's our sure. final question of speed dating. This is what the people really want to know. This is what everyone really wants to know. And you can yeah. truly just say yes or no. Okay. But, Peter, are you single? <laughs> yes, I am single. Okay. There we go. And I'm that concludes. In New York City. That there you concludes go, our first round of speed dating. Thank you for joining yeah, us. Yeah, thanks for being our <laughs> guinea pig. Hey, yeah. This has been, uh, it's been good, guys. A lot of fun. Peter, we appreciate you. We appreciate the person that you are and especially the way that you use your platform. Thank you for coming on the show and just providing a lot of sound wisdom, good advice, and good conversation for us. We wish you and the rest of the guys all the best as you continue on your journeys. Yeah. Appreciate it. Yeah, I'm excited to see uh, where you guys take this podcast and um, definitely got to get a trip uh, trip planned here soon and, and meet you guys in person. So Very soon. Thanks again for having that. me. We got some things in the works and we'll keep you posted. <laughs> thanks, Pete. Awesome. Good stuff. Good to Bye. see you. Thanks, All right, guys. Pete.